Hi, I'm Ahwan and this is I Revise Ophthalmology, the medical revision podcast that's easy to listen to. In this week's episode, we'll be covering the anatomy of the eye. We'll be exploring the structures of the eye and the function of these structures. Don't forget to download the visual aid for this podcast. You can find the link to that in the description box above. The eyeball is arranged in three layers, kind of like an onion, and these layers are the fibrous layer, the vascular layer, and the inner layer. So let's take a closer look at some of these layers. The first and outermost layer is called the fibrous layer. This layer consists of the sclera and cornea which are continuous with each other. The fibrous layer functions to maintain the shape of the eye and to also support the other structures deeper in the eye. Most of the fibrous layer is the sclera. This is the white part of the eye that you can see. The sclera provides attachment to the extraocular muscles. The cornea is positioned in the centre of the eye and it's transparent to allow for light to enter the eye and hit the retina. The next layer is the vascular layer, which sits under the fibrous layer. The structures within this layer are the iris, choroid and ciliary body. The iris is the coloured part of the eye. It's a circular structure that contains an opening, which is the pupil, which allows light to reach the retina. The size of the pupil can increase or decrease in response to environmental light levels. This is controlled by smooth muscle fibres, which are innervated by the autonomic nervous system. The choroid is made up of connective tissue and blood vessels, and this provides nourishment to the retina. The ciliary body is made up of the muscles and the ciliary processes. These alter the shape of the lens. The ciliary body also produces aqueous humour. The production of this aqueous humour is important in conditions such as glaucoma, and we'll cover that in a future episode. The third and final layer is the inner layer. Now this layer contains the retina. The retina is made up of two layers. You have the pigmented outer layer and the neural inner layer. The pigmented outer layer is a single layer of cells which lines the entire inside of the eye. The inner neural layer is the layer that contains the photoreceptor cells. This layer only lines the back part of the eye. 
You might have come across the photoreceptor cells in the past. There are two types of photoreceptor cells, cones and rods, and quite simply they're named after their respective shapes. The cone cells are responsible for colour vision and they only function in higher light levels and they give you a high visual acuity in your vision. They contain the pigment iodopsin. Compared to rod cells, rod cells actually function at lower light levels and they provide you with a colourless night vision. They contain the pigment rhodopsin. The retina can be visualised very easily using an ophthalmoscope and when examining the retina you should be able to see the optic disc and this is where the optic nerve fibres leave the eye. Examining the optic discs is really important so that you can identify papillar edema or optic nerve atrophy. Papillar edema means swelling of the discs and this happens when you have raised intracranial pressure usually in conditions like idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Optic nerve atrophy appears as pale discs and you can see that in glaucoma. But we'll revisit these conditions in future episodes in more detail. Another structure you should be able to see when examining the retina is the macula. It's located to the side of the disc and will appear as an area of very highly pigmented cells. The macula dips in the centre and this is called the fovea. In the fovea you have the highest concentration of cone cells. So we've been through quite a bit of anatomy of the eye now. So this might be a good place to take a pause and check out images 1 to 3 in the visual aid provided. So we've been through the three layers of the eye, but there are a few other structures that you should know as well. So the first structure we're going to discuss is the lens. The lens is a flexible biconvex structure. If you're not sure what biconvex structures look like, just imagine one of those Smarties chocolates. The lens is responsible for refracting or focusing the light onto the retina and the shape of the lens is changed by the ciliary body. As people get older, the lens tends to become stiffer and can't adapt as well as it can when someone is younger. That's why a lot of older people require reading glasses as they age. Another consequence of ageing is that the lens can become cloudy and opaque. And this is a condition called cataracts. And we'll be discussing that in a future episode. Finally, let's discuss the chambers of the eye. The eye contains three chambers. There's the anterior chamber, posterior chamber and the vitreous body. These chambers are filled with fluid. The anterior and posterior chambers are filled with something called aqueous humour which we've already mentioned. 
An aqueous hume is a fluid that provides nourishment to the cornea and lens. Why do they need nourishment? Well, these structures are avascular, which means they don't have their own blood supply to get nutrients. The aqueous humor is produced by the ciliary body and then it drains via the trabecular meshwork. And an imbalance in this system can cause an increase in eye pressure and this can lead to a condition called glaucoma. The vitreous body is located at the back of the eye, behind the lens, and it contains vitreous humor. Vitreous humor is a clear jelly-like substance and the function of this is to maintain the shape of the eye. You can get vitreous detachment or hemorrhage into the vitreous and these can sometimes be signs of underlying pathologies. I find that drawing out the eye and labelling it is a great way to learn the anatomy we've just been through. But to help you with this, why don't you check out the visual aid and in there you'll find a diagram of the eye with blank labels. Try and test yourself by seeing how many parts of the eye you can label. And don't worry, there's also a diagram with all the labels on so that you can check the answers. Now we're at the test yourself segment of the episode. I'm going to be asking you five questions based on the content we've just covered. See how you do and don't worry about getting them wrong. You can always go back and re-listen to the episode. Here we go. Question 1. What structure in the eye produces aqueous humour? Question 2. Which part of your nervous system controls pupil size? Question 3. How many types of photoreceptor cells are there in the retina and can you name them? Question 4. What structures can you see when examining the eye with an ophthalmoscope? Question 5. How many chambers does the eye contain? Great. Now let's go through the answers. So question one, what structure produces aqueous humor? That would be the ciliary body. Question two, which part of your nervous system controls pupil size? It's the autonomic nervous system. So constriction of your pupil, known as meiosis, is done by the sympathetic nervous system and dilation of the pupil, which is known as medriasis, 
is done by the parasympathetic nervous system. Question 3. How many types of photoreceptor cells are there and can you name them? There are two types of photoreceptor cells and those are the cones and rods. What structures can you see when examining the eye with an ophthalmoscope? You can see the optic disc, the macula, and don't forget you can also see the blood vessels. Question five, how many chambers does the eye contain? The eye has three chambers, the anterior, posterior, and also the vitreous body. I hope you did well at those questions. But don't worry if you didn't, you can always go back and re-listen to the episode and try again. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of I Revise Ophthalmology. I hope that you found this week's episode helpful and interesting. If you enjoyed this podcast, then tell your friends. Join me in the next episode where we'll be covering ophthalmology history and examination skills. And don't forget to share and subscribe. See you next time.